And we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. It's great to be back after a couple-week hiatus, uh, uh, much-needed rest and recuperation as we come into wintertime. I'm here with Dr. Bear Paul Lando, and we're going to jump into an exciting episode today about, and yeah, this may not sound exciting at first, but trust me, hang with us here, about minerals and the new paradigm shift that this relates to. How are you this wonderful morning, uh, Dr. Lando? Hey, doing good, Mike. Good to be back in the North Country and uh, be fun to get back in the swing of things here. Had a good trip and I can tell you all about it or whatever we want to talk about. And uh, just echo what you were saying, uh, we'll, we'll be having a presentation on minerals. I took a few notes on a PowerPoint just to uh, you know, maybe uh, keep us on target a little bit, but we don't have to stay on target. So uh, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, we're not always the best at staying on target because like anything in life, um, it's fractal in nature in terms of our, how our thoughts work. And we love going off on tangents. I feel like that's the fun meat of the show anyways, are the tangents we go down. So uh, we'll see where this goes, but let's just jump right into it. Um, it it's kind of funny. I, you know, I did a couple live streams while you were down in La La Land, taking care of biz and and hanging out with fam and our other partners for Alpha Vedic. And um, you know, it's always, I'm sure, quite interesting to go down to Venice Beach, living up here. Uh, and feel free to let us know in your thoughts with that. But um, I did a couple live streams on D Live here just for the crew and for the fam. They were, you know, the AV family that we're really starting to develop here. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or uh, your favorite podcasting platform, we do this as a live stream on a platform we really like called D Live. And um, it's something that we're really embracing as an alternative to the bigger technocrats uh, like YouTube and Google and Facebook. We not, we're not really doing the live stream to Twitter or Facebook or any of that because we really want to embrace this platform. So you can find us on dlive.tv forward slash alpha Vedic. And we've got a chat going on right now as we speak. Um, we've got a great community that's developing here on DLive as well as our telegram, which is t.me forward slash alpha Vedic. And that's A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C. So that's my spiel on that. Please join us. It's every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, that being said, when I was doing the live stream last week, uh, Bear, uh, I had a, uh, someone who I don't recall talking to before come out of the blue and ask me about what's up with zero, your zero point liquids, these minerals and waveform mechanics. And I was like, oh, wow, well, um, not the best person to answer this. Uh, I wish Dr. Lando was here because he's kind of the more of the specialist in terms of this stuff. But, um, you know, fast forward a week and now you're out of the blue bringing this up. So I'm not sure if you saw that on the live stream when you reviewed it or whatnot, but great timing here because this will all play into minerals, I assume, correct? Stellar timing. And we're not just going to do a generic uh, mineral talk that doctors don't lie and minerals are good for you, all good stuff, but we should be well beyond that now. And what we like to do here is uh, use every possible topic to illustrate how the universe really works and our place in it. And uh, we really have to outgrow all the stuff we learned in high school chemistry. So that's where we're going today. And it also fits in with a lot of the other topics we talk about with, um, you know, just spirituality and metaphysics. And, um, you know, that's uh, really relegated to pure science now. And the information is out to explain that. 
uh, you know, so that our analytical brains aren't in conflict all the time and trying to talk us out of what's really been in front of our nose all the time. And uh, when you really understand what um, the elements or the minerals are, not only will you get better ideas as far as what you should be taking for your health, but you'll understand how they really work. And then for those of us in the manufacturing business, we can actually make smart products rather than just trying to, uh, you know, gather the basic elements in one single form. So we'll talk all about that. Uh, if you hear any strange noises here, I, I'm not suffering from gastric uh, upset. I have my, uh, my partner here <laughs> in my lap and, and she uh, yells at me periodically if I stop scratching her. She's uh, you know, she's a woman. She's very demanding. What can I say? She kind so of, um, anyway, for, for, uh, those, for those listening, I'll your lead, Mike. Well, I was just going to say for those listening, that's uh, Bear just held up a little uh, Pika, what do you call that? Uh, um, this little doggy there who kind of looks like the little guy out of um, Bubba, uh, Jabba the Hutt's friend from uh, Re uh, Return of the Jedi. Now, that's not a diss. She's a lot prettier than that little guy, but um, about the same size. I don't know if you remember that little character who kind of cackles sitting <laughs> next to Jabba the Hutt. Um, she's much prettier, but um, she can be a little feisty. I'm watching uh, one of my favorite shows. One of my favorite all-time books is uh, I like science fiction, fantasy, and uh, the Golden Compass series. But anyway, the HBO did a really good job on that, so I'm watching that right now. So if anybody's familiar with that, uh, all humans have what they call their daemon. It's spelled daemon, actually pronounced demon, but I like daemon better. And uh, so uh, everybody has their little animal familiar that uh, actually represents their essence at the soul. Uh, soul level and, and it's uh, it's great story anyway so I have my uh, daemon with me and I guess my uh, I have chihuahua essence some people have uh, wolves some people have uh, lions and and so forth so anyway I'm uh, off on a tangent already let's uh, yeah let's go here no worries <laughs> yeah as hope says Pikachu <laughs> oh, okay uh, up there she goes she got she, bored she's over it Okay, she's she's knows all about minerals already. So how do you want to start? Or he's going off to handle her real quick. So uh, yeah, we're gonna uh, dive into minerals and uh, feel free to screen share the charts here, Bear. Okay. Yeah, I'll just throw them up periodically and uh, tell me if it's working here. Let's go. Um, bear with me. Let's go. Uh, We'll bear with you, no pun intended. Full screen. And, uh, oh, you know what? I should have done something else first. Hang on. That's okay. I should have done share first, shouldn't I have? Okay, so share. Let's do this. And uh, there we go. How are we doing? There we go. Not bad for a boomer. Okay. I can learn. <laughs> Oh, uh, Hope just said she got her new C60 in the mail. That's great. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the new C60. It's got a different flavor profile, um, and I like the dropper in it that comes with it now. Um, but I did notice it's got a different flavor, Bear, um, in terms of our yeah, new C60. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a whole different talk. Uh, but we'll, we'll mention uh, carbon 60 at the very end, maybe, because it does have to do with minerals since carbon's a... Uh, a mineral and the, you know, like the backbone of our reality here. So, uh, okay. 
Let's go minerals, nature's keyboard. So, Michael, why do you suppose we might call minerals nature's keyboard? Um, because they are the inorganic elements that connect the um, language, if you will, that creates reality. I don't know. Having some good stab. Yeah. Good effort. Okay, <laughs> how the hell do I get back out of share now? That's okay. Uh, um, you can keep this going, whatever. Okay. So nature's keyboard, um, you know, minerals aren't physical substances. Well, let's go right into the first slide. That might help explain. And then, uh, Mike, or anybody out there, you know, a lot of these might sound a little esoteric at first glance, but I just came off the top of my head and, uh, you know, put some things down. But let's talk about each one of them or none of them, whatever you want to do. So uh, the elemental matrix, you know, we really do live in a matrix and it is a, a matrix of electrical forces. Those forces, uh, we have a lot to do with how those forces come into being. And, you know, we live in a computer age for good reason. And that is because we're supposed to be learning from our computer technology uh, the nature of our reality, because as we like to say all the time, you cannot um, bring out something in a technological form unless that concept or model uh, already exists in nature. So um, computers are supposed to be teaching us that there is nothing but pure energy. That energy is like the clay that we use to model our reality, literally with our thoughts and our, our emotions. And then um, the building blocks that are made from those, uh, those elements we call minerals. And that's what we learned in high school chemistry. That's what we, you know, memorized uh, the periodic table for. And, and, and supposedly these little elements all get glued together somehow and create our uh, physical universe. But it's really kind of a dumb concept. And the uh, physical universe made out of atomic matter, uh, you know, uh, that's constructed with little physical magic BBs, or even in the, the, the folks that uh, think they're on the leading edge these days, and they talk about quantum physics and everything. Well, quantum's still a unit. It's still kind of a bunch of BS. We have to get beyond all uh, the confines of physicality. So um, the electrical model of elemental creation uh, what we're really dealing with is tonal fields, and we can explain in great detail how these tonal fields uh, create the uh, unique characteristics that then we associate with all of the different elements that we learned in basic chemistry. Um, but what they don't tell you is there's a lot of stuff in between those elements that we could use uh, even more usefully, including in nutritional supplementation. And also, it would uh, allow us to understand our true role in the created universe and, and how we do not have to be a victim of our own creations. And um, so let's read down this first page here. Just see, I forget what I just did this last night. Uh, okay, so point number one, the particle theory of elements confines humanity to a false paradigm of materialistic limitation. Uh, one of my favorite co quotes is Deepak Chopra, who calls it the superstition of materialism, and it really is. Mm. Uh, uh, 
point number two, elements are differentiated by waveform pressure zones to function as the universal keyboard of creation. So keyboard, we're really talking about creating uh, different tonal fields. Uh, and, and if you consider that each element is a vibratory level or a frequency, no different than a musical note. In fact, it's, it's, that's exactly what it is. Um, well, if you understand that's how it works and then if you with uh, a trained um, consciousness will say uh, uh, can go in and create uh, different tonal fields with your intentions and with your focused thought then we're going to be much more adept at creating what we do want rather than creating or continuing the chaos that we can't figure out why the hell you know we can't have a happy day happen um, so the next one, elements are derived from pure prana. That's just a term, of course, from an Asian culture. Um, you can call it whatever you want, but that is the universal palette, you know, like an artist's palette. Uh, and it does provide all the frequency, all the elements that we can uh, put into motion and create a real three-dimensional experience that our senses report back to us as physical, but which of course isn't because our senses are part of the same fabrication. So nice try uh, in the scientific community where they're trying to construct uh, double blind studies and take themselves out of the equation for a measure of objectivity uh, and empirical evidence because uh, that just shows that you're stupid right out of the blocks. Okay, so next one, the conscious and focused use of these elemental forces will set mankind free from the external controls and dependencies. Of course, the only thing we're dependent on or, or controlled by is, uh, is uh, or the only way that those things can happen is if we think that we're victimized by uh, a physical universe, which doesn't happen in the first place, not to mention that we created the whole shebang in the first place. A couple more, and then I'll shut this down. We can talk. Uh, the science of nature spiraling mechanics will facilitate departure from energy consumption to initiate the age of transmutation. So energy consumption, we're not going Green New Deal on you here, but what we are saying is that we have the um, bright idea that we have to consume our environment, whether it's consuming it uh, by mining minerals out of the ground and, or, or uh, oil, uh, uh, in order to create our energy needs or, uh, you know, when it comes to food, um, you know, thinking that we have to consume our own um, external reality in the form of plants and so forth and run it through a digestive tract to create our energy. Uh, the age of transmutation is when the consciousness rises to the point of understanding how we put these forces into motion and then we can literally create things without having to use up our own uh, environment and uh, consume it. So, um, and we're supposed to be in the age of transmutation now. That's, that's where we're supposed to be. Uh, so let me go back. Yeah. Last one, nutritional medical scientists will then operate beyond the confines of aging and disease. Aging and disease can only happen and I get it, I've got gray hair and everything, so you know, don't anybody bust me out there, but I can tell you exactly how I got every single gray hair. And also, uh, you know, if we use our experience, even though we go through our own processes with uh, 
you know, maladies in our own body and, and, you know, go through a so-called aging process. It's good if we get to a point in our experience where we start connecting in the dots and say, oh, I get how that happened. And, uh, you know, then you can start slowing down all those things you don't want. Uh, and future generations uh, will actually not have to go there in the first place. So, uh, Mike, while I try to figure out how to get out of this sheer screen here, <laughs> um, go ahead and any comments you might have. Yeah, I mean, a, uh, a lot of comments. First and foremost, Russ in the chat had a great uh, comment here. He said, so minerals tune our bodies like you would tune an out-of-tune piano. I thought that was a pretty cool analogy. Um, yeah. And uh, so... Um, the tonal fields, we could get into that a little bit. Um, someone who loves music, that really resonates with me. Um, as far as unsharing, you just go up to meeting and hit um, uh, stop share. Um, uh, yeah. Um, hang on. Yeah. So I've been reading uh, a lot of late the Hermetic philosophies, which is crazy because it goes back, you know, some would say, 20,000 years, 10,000, 11, 12, 6, whatever. It goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And now we're getting to the science, thanks to Walter Russell and uh, people like Wilhelm Reich, which we'll talk about today a bit, Royal Rife, um, these great people who actually applied this ancient wisdom, these principles to actual science. And um, the principles are it's crazy they relate right to what you're saying like the principle of vibration that nothing is static so that immediately did um deteriorates any of the current materialism scientism notions of quantum um even though they'll say that things are vibrating um they still get into this limitation of thought with the particle concept where this ancient philosophy and what's funny is they discount the idea of metaphysics they say metaphysics is bogus thinking as well as theology and actually the only, and this is in the Kabbalion, they say actually the only true way to think is through, actually, believe it or not, religion or philosophy. Um, but that being said, and this is what's something we always hark on, it's like, no, we're not talking about metaphysics. We're talking about physics. We're talking about real science here. And so they talk about also the, the principle of rhythm, which is kind of what Walter Russell really um, shows through his, his chart his periodic chart, which by the way, I'm not sure if you can see, but I have it up on my wall behind me there. Um, so see that behind my uh, right shoulder? That yeah. is, um, that's actually Walter Russell's periodic chart, um, which is, Brilliant. we should, well, we Let's should put in the resources. Let's get up on the screen here. Um, uh, hang on a second. And what uh, Walter see. Russell was able to do was he, he's showing the, the reality of these minerals and how they're not static in their specific metallic form, but are actually going through these different octaves. <clears throat> and- um, Can you see that mic or does that yeah. only show when you- when, Okay, so there's the uh, chart right there on the right. Can you see it? Yep, that's it. And I've got a little bit more, I guess visually aesthetically de designed one for the poster that, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It's got that spiral showing all the different octaves with the different minerals. And it's really interesting because in the hermetic um, and not to keep harping on the hermetic stuff, but I think it's really important because I think it's the basis for all occult, all esoteric thinking that 
is essentially this is comes from ancient wisdom from the source or they call the all which is exactly what walter russell pulled from and essentially it's the same exact stuff walter russell just took it to the scientific level that they maybe they have deep down in the their dark archives but what's crazy is they talk about and this is something i really want to get into is that they talk about um the the three aspects of reality which is the body mind and um spirit and they say that within that there's seven levels of each and then within each level there's seven levels within that which is exactly what walter russell shows and they talk about mind that minerals actually have their own dimension of mind so minerals while we call them inorganic elements um they're actually each individual mineral is its own little species if you will it's its own little living entity that has its own mind dimension so everything well, and there's yeah sorry to interrupt there's no such thing as inanimate objects you know and, and like in the mineral world we just say oh that's a rock or something it's really not alive well there's only one thing in the universe and we already use the term prana so we'll stick with that and what that is is it's, it's intelligent light uh you can call it the g word god you can call it the spirit that moves through all things but it's a real living intelligence, which just happens to be uh, us. Uh, we're just an in individualized form of that. And then um, the different nuances of the minerals are uh, simply qualified. Um, I don't want to say bits because it's not, you know, uh, particles, but it's qualified prana to vibrate in a certain way. So whatever you look at, uh, or, or ever, whatever you experience, there, there's no such thing as animate. It's all a live, living substance that you gave to life uh, or, or, or gave life to in a particular form so that you can have this experience. And yeah, when you look at that chart behind you, um, the, what it's really showing is rather than the periodic table of elements that uh, we memorized in school, unfortunately, it shows how there's nine octaves, and uh, I have a little slide I'll show uh, in a minute, but there's nine octaves. Each octave has a certain number of tonal fields, and each octave represents um, a certain portion of what we consider the elements on a periodic table. And if anybody doubts uh, the reality of any of this, uh, or, or that this is just one guy's idea. It wasn't just Walter Russell's idea. He just did the best way of depicting it. And also, Walter Russell is the guy that um, first discovered the transuranium elements, named them and patented them. And you can look up the patents to this day. And then the governments of the world um, stole those patents and renamed them. But, you know, we wouldn't even have an atomic age if it wasn't for Walter Russell understanding that these things existed uh, beyond our sensory apparatus in the first place. So um, each one of the octaves that represents different tonal fields. Um, yeah, Mike, just say something so people can see the book there. Oh, sorry. I'm right now showing on uh, the video Atomic Suicide by Walter and Lau Russell, uh, which is, it looks like it's backwards maybe, but uh, on the screen. But uh, this is an amazing book where... Uh, I recommend everybody read. It's actually a pretty fun, for all, Walter Russell terms, kind of a fun one to read too. Um, actually, I'm opening it up for the first time because I only read the, I got the print version now. Um, beautiful book. Uh, but anyways, it, uh, what radioactivity is, why and how it kills, what to do about it. So not only did he discover it, but then he warned the world to stop, to not pull it out of the ground. But of course, they did the opposite. 
Yeah, atomic atomic energy um, is not in innately evil in and of itself. It's only a problem when you have Neanderthals playing with um, levels of energy, uh, you know, uh, that they not only don't understand, but have no control over. So we're just trying to control our own thoughts. Humanity is now quarantined and uh, creating in a very confined space in order to have the experience before we're let out of the, you know, the, into the open space, so to speak, to create bigger and better things. But, um, you, you know, uh, the reason why Walter and, and even a lot of other great ones said, yeah, don't mess with that stuff is because it's like giving children uh, matches to, to um, you know, to play with. And it's not suggesting that humanity is infantile or inherently dumb because uh, originally uh, when we were first, uh, popped into this simulation, we were in uh, what some people would call a, a very lofty state and understood everything. And uh, we descended, uh, we'll say, in consciousness to the point where we're, you know, witnessing the stupid things that are going on in the world these days. But that wasn't our original nature. That's not who we are. And there are certain controllers on this planet. Uh, that really aren't controllers, but we give away our power to them and they keep us in this um, mindset that uh, somehow, you know, uh, we're at a certain level of understanding and we can't go any further and humans just inherently do bad things. That's, that's really not the truth. You mean, you mean um, we're not all just nine uh, octaves. You mean we're go not ahead, all Mike. just monkeys uh, that have evolved from an ape? <laughs> yeah, then they throw uh, people like uh, Darwin from the uh, the Royal Society, you know, with uh, theories, uh, you know, in order to, uh, um, you know, keep us in the new scientific theory of oh, we descended or you know uh, rose from the apes, and then and then of course just so they. Um, don't lose anybody in the stupefaction. They uh, create religions, uh, which is a way of bastardizing true spirituality, and and then come up with the creationist theory, which um, you know is uh, still not going to tell us the truth of who we are, our origins, or what our true potential is. So, either way, they've got you in the world of polarities, whether you're on one side. Uh, or the other, and uh, then you're in control. Now, when you go back to those nine octaves that create all of the elements, each one is guarded by a little portal called an inert gas, and the inert gases, uh, some of us actually use these in, in uh, devices in order to create energy fields where we can uh, more powerfully and immediately manifest uh, certain creations into matter. Uh, that'll be a great uh, story for another time. But uh, Walter Russell was the first one that understood how those works. Think of them as little stargates. And we occupy, um, starting with hydrogen on the fourth octave, if you uh, jump up into the fifth, uh, that's what the carbon octave is. And the carbon is the backbone of our little reality. And that's where it gets interesting as far as. Uh, minerals and the food we eat and why they're why it's important and how we can uh, grow better food and and uh, make better supplement products if we understand how things work in the first place so um, we're not off on a, a, a tangent in metaphysics here we are going to bring it back down right now to what minerals are 
and why we should know more about them if we're going to take supplements or do anything of, of the such. Uh, I'll do a quick screen share again, yeah. Mike. You jump just, in whenever you I was, want. Well, it. I was going to say this: um, an important distinction is we're talking about analog technology here, and this is something in the digital era. And I feel like we, you talk about those controllers, right? The um, those the the ones that are really trying to maintain this deep density of control and keeping us ignorant. They have pushed the digital age and are pushing transhumanism and all these things because it really solidifies their very narrow scope of materialism because materialism in essence is digital. It's, it's the idea that pix, it's pixelating reality, right? Down to a fine point or uh, uh, like you said, magic BBs, which I love. And when in reality, everything is analog. So there is no finite point ever. Everything's always in motion. Everything's always a variable, a, um, a variant of the next thing. So you are never actually hung. You're never actually happy or sad. You're in between. You can never say you're, you're, it's light or dark, right? Because the night gets dark and dark, but you have elements of light and then you're always moving towards daylight. You're always moving towards night. Not the best analogies, but you get what I'm saying. Everything's analog. So this is something that we need to remember. And this is something I always talk about is trying to get back into developing new analog technologies that can really free humanity. So whether this be crystal technologies or things related to the tonal fields and the Walter, Tech, Walter Russell physics, this is where we're going. We're moving back towards really brilliant analog technology that will power us into space and allow us to live much longer because that's the true nature of reality. It's not digital. So that's my spiel. And what a wonderful segue into what we're going to be talking about today with transitional elements, which are the analog uh, uh, analogs between the keynotes that we think of as our trace uh, minerals that we need for nutrition or for growing food. Uh, we'll talk about transitional elements. And uh, there here's is a great, no one. Uh, here's a great question real quick, Bear, just because it's mm -hmm. something that will help. Hope was asking... Uh, Hope Light was asking, is an octave a dimension? Well, they're both just words. Um, they can be confusing because we use those words in different ways. And a lot of people, when they're exploring the, the multidimensional universe, uh, so to speak, we're just understanding that there's more going on than meets the eye. So I think a more technically correct word when you get into the actual physics of how things work is octaves uh, are, you know, there's a certain amount of them. And in our octave, which is, uh, you know, three-dimensional simulation, there can only be three dimensions. And it's very um, popular for people in metaphysics to talk about all these different dimensions. But in fact, there can only be three and uh, Tesla and a lot of the other great minds explain the power or the magic of the three times three. And uh, we could explain that with, um, uh, you know, with some Walter Russell diagrams and explain them. But uh, three dimensions uh, is all that's possible. There's three variations of three dimensions that are going on all, all the, the time. And so in our reality, in our particular 
octave, which is the fifth carbon octave. Um, there are uh, a certain number of tonal fields that allow us, you know, to have our palette to create with a carbon backbone in any which way we can. But it's it's finite, and uh, you know, in a way, we live in a infinite universe, and in that we can keep creating without limit. But it's not infinite because there's always room to put more thought processes into the creative um, flow that will then put more electrical forces into the simulation. And so, but it's always limited by how far humanity goes uh, in order to put those forces into activity. So it's unlimited, but it's finite. And uh, the point I'm trying to make is the carbon octave is uh, finite in that we have certain analogs to work with within this realm. And when we go to the next octave, which some people call the ascension, then um, you know we have more possibilities that open up to us. Uh, it, 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 while I mentioned the word ascension, you know they actually I was really pleased that uh, like on uh, Dark Journalist they start to use that word because that uh, you know seems a little too woo-woo for most people. But when you're talking about the elements going through the octaves. What we're really trying to explain is there's no such thing as like carbon and it just is carbon uh, because carbon will journey through the octaves and eventually come back full circle to hydrogen. And so just like microbes in the body, if you recall, we talked about them. Well, you know, there's all sorts of different levels that you look at under the microscope. Uh, uh, a bacteria will become a fungus and then go back to another little germ level and and so forth. So all of nature is cyclic, including our human experience. We aren't this body. This body is, is uh, one little uh, you know, picture frame in a uh, time paradigm, which of course is another fabrication. So when you go to, um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to get to this next slide here. Uh, let's, uh, let me share this again, okay. Yeah, All it's right. um, the octaves thing is really interesting in terms of um, music, relating music as a universal language too, and um, how every human pretty much resonates with music. And as there's a reason why it's a, it's a, yeah, and then in uh, all the metaph metaphysical, uh, teachings of all times, they always talked about the music of the spheres. Well, that's, that's a real thing. And, you know, uh, one uh, other thought I was just want to complete. When we talk about the, um, the fact that there's only one substance, not really substance, but one active intelligence that we then differentiate with uh, minerals and all the ways that we qualify that energy with our consciousness, um, it gets back to who we really are. And the most scientific um, explanation of who we are is uh, can be summarized in two words, and that is I am. Now, in the old uh, Asian school, um, the eastern part of the world, that was um, uh, uh, depicted with just a sound frequency, which was um. And uh, I am, of course, is an English interpretation of I am. Uh, or I am is an English interpretation of Om. 
And what it does is it takes it to the next level. It integrates the two hemispheres. You know, the Eastern part of the world was a keeper of certain knowledge for a long time. And then the Western world developed, which is now being demonized. But uh, the Western world has the most important, at least half uh, of the importance of how humanity is to develop. And that is how to use our consciousness in a very specific way. That's where, uh, you know, the so-called scientific method, real science, not the stuff we're taught, comes into place. And um, then uh, we're supposed to integrate the two. So when we talk about I am, it is the recognition of our individualization within consciousness, our self-actualization as individualized creators, and our ability to uh, create what we, you know, what we're here to create. And the Eastern part of the world back in the day before the world was so homogenized, used to look at all, you know, with the, you know, at the people in the West that could create cities and all these, you know, amazing uh, technologies. And then meanwhile, the folks that were getting into metaphysical studies would look in all the people, the East that uh, could have out of body experiences, uh, you know, like it was a natural thing. Uh, The point is, is we are supposed to be integrating the two and uh, the integration of the two is perfectly explained with uh, those same two uh, words, which is I am. It's a frequency and it connotes exactly who we are. Now, as soon as we um, qualify I am, like I am a father, I am a, you know, a carpenter, whatever, now you're limiting the I am and you're back in the matrix. And just like when we qualify, um, you know, a substance, a mineral as say carbon, well, now you're creating a a distinction within uh, the universal life force, which really doesn't exist per se, but it's, um, you know, so we we have to know uh, what we're doing when we're playing with these substances, when we're acknowledging ourselves as an individualization, uh, it's, it's really time that we grow up and understand our play in it otherwise we're going to forever be trapped within the matrix and certain people that uh you know perpetuate the mythology are going to use that against us and create wars and environmental destruction and and all the things that we experience on the planet today so if we want out of the matrix if we want to become uh, real creators then we have to uh you know just be a little smarter about things so here we are Let's go into slide three, and um, hopefully you can see that. So let's bring it back uh, into nutritional uh, understandings of uh, minerals, Uh, humic, fulvic, source, ionic minerals. So humic and fulvic acids are the breakdown constituents of natural decay of plant and animal materials formed through the chemical and biological humification in plant and animal matter. That's what uh, we use in our products. That's uh, humic and fulvic are a big buzzword out there. People are saying, wow, it's the most important thing we should be taking into our body because they're predigested minerals, has everything in it, and it's also a source of ionic minerals which are simply uh, minerals with a charge that allow them to mix mix with water molecules and be better absorbed in our body. So um, humic and fulvic uh, acids also provide minerals so that our receptor sites and uh, biochemical sites in the body are saturated with the things that are actually going to conduct electricity in the way we need for perfect health. Um, 
and, and rather than having those places vacant because we're deficient and those vacancies in those receptors are going to invite uh, the stupid stuff in with their spraying in the sky and giving us in medicines and things and then that will block the receptors and uh, slow down the normal uh, neurological function, uh, make us literally lower IQ and uh, give us a, a very shortened lifespan. Uh, second point, humic acid is a large molecule of bioavailable minerals for mammals, but not absorbed by plants. So humic is the same as fulvic, you know, break down materials of, of plants in a pre-digested form, but uh, humic acid can be taken up by mam mammals, but not plants. Fulvic acid is smaller, uh, so it can be absorbed by plants. And we use uh, fulvic in, in our um, formulations because we use it as a carrier medium to get things into the smaller spaces in the pores of the cell. So fulvic uh, can be utilized uh, very efficiently. That's why you want to know uh, about humic and fulvic. Uh, let's finish this up. Ionic minerals possess a positive or negative charge that readily bonds with water molecules for bodily absorption. We already said that. Ionic minerals are derived from humic and fulvic acids. Yeah, got that. Ionic and trace minerals conduct and generate electrical impulses to facilitate every bodily function without exception. Now, because uh, the minerals are those little nuanced, uh, uh, you know, forms of energy that we call the periodic elements, they are like the wires in the house. They conduct electricity, and without them, nothing's going to work. Uh, properly because uh, we are electrical in nature. We aren't particles. We're electrical waveforms. And when minerals are understood uh, from the perspective of uh, waveform mechanics, then we understand that, wow, these are even more important than just providing something that we think works on a biochemical uh, particulate model of reality. Um, and humic fulvic is the most desirable source of valuable predigested minerals and provides the most basic vitality tonic necessary for human health. Now, in the eastern part of the world, they, in uh, Ayurvedic medicine, they isolated stuff oozing from the rocks. They called shilajit, and all that is humic fulvic. Um, what we use these days comes from pristine sources. It's purified without uh, tampering with the natural properties at all. And it's, uh, it's, it's actually better. And sometimes when you get shilajit from other parts of the world, you might be getting other contaminants along with it. So we have, uh, we use a source where uh, it's not only purified, but comes from an area that's never been, uh, you know, messed with, with uh, technologies or industry and so forth. So uh, let's go on to the next one and I'll get out of screen share. The next one is the transitional elements. And Michael, this goes right into analog uh, versus digital. Now, when you look at the periodic table of elements that we were taught in school, that's a digital concept. That means, okay, uh, you have this element, then the next element, but it doesn't talk about the things in between. And when you uh, use things more in a musical or tonal field understanding, and you, know, you play a chord on the piano, well, all the information that makes things sound harmonically melodic and so forth that um or, or the, that is the informational fields between the keynotes and without that information you have just kind of flatter music that's why uh, cd recordings that are more digital uh you know real audio files prefer the old vinyl because it had all the analog information in between 
it was uh, much more rich and satisfying. And when we have food that's devoid of the transitional elements, when we devise formulas for supplementation that are devoid of the transitional elements, uh, the body just doesn't fare as well uh, because the body's more clever about understanding the missing uh, notes in between the keynotes than we are with our musical ears. So uh, transitional elements, we call them the missing link. And uh, let's just jump in if there's any questions and uh, we'll go into that slide next. Yeah, well, um, this might take us down. I know we we're gonna touch on this, but might as well jump into it now. Uh, Matt in here um, goes by uh, Masklin. He was saying, is this something that can be extracted for uh, hummus rich soil in terms of soil health? And of course, this is a major, major focus for us in terms of our farm and how we grow our Jaogulan and grow stuff is um, reintroducing this into the topsoil, right? Yeah. Um, minerals are, are very devoid of, uh, soil is very devoid of minerals. You know, organic food has maybe, if you're lucky, 30% of the minerals it should have. And we'll talk about when uh, the soil is deficient in that way, especially deficient of calcium, which we'll also elaborate on. Uh, it actually becomes toxic because that food cannot be utilized normally because when those minerals are deficient, that greatly affects the liver, which in turn greatly affects the entire digestive system. And not only do we not get what we need, but we have incomplete digestion, which leads us into all the gut health problems that people uh, like to talk about these days. And so the food, even though it's organic and maybe free of pesticides and GMOs, it's still toxic because if it's deficient, it sets us up for all sorts of problems. So what we do in our permaculture farm and, um, and, and, and the teaching we do is show people not how to just dump a bunch of fertilizers on because if the electrical properties of the soil are not in a proper resistance range the way we talk about it, you can add all the, the minerals and sub amendments to the soil you want and it's still not going to be taken up by the plants. You have to create the right resistance zone. We do the same thing with human bodies when we treat them clinically. We uh, don't just say, here, take all this crap. What we do is uh, do uh, testing to find out um, how we can budge the person's electrical zone in a proper range. So now that that human or the plant rootlets, either way, are going to be able to absorb what's in the soil. And uh, what you find is you don't even have to use a fraction of the uh, fertilizers to do it. So there's a lot that we need to know. That's why this mineral topic is so important, but even more important that we know what minerals are, not particulates, but they are actual electrical forces. We're playing an electrical game. And as long as we're in the superstition of materialism, we're going to have a lot of problems in our health. We're going to run out of good topsoil. And, uh, you know, people will not have the ability to raise their consciousness because that is going to be predicated on a nervous system that operates the way it was originally designed, which is a superconductor, so that um, informational fields uh, have no in, in, um, impedance when they're traveling through the networks. 
And so no information is lost and it also allows us to perceive in other bandwidths. So that is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, all the fake food and GMOs and, and, and uh, issues we have with food um, have been perpetuated because it keeps us in that limited state of consciousness. So this isn't just, uh, yeah, you need minerals for your physical health, but it's also to feed your uh, consciousness so that our vehicle, our body as we think of it, is capable of, um, you know, uh, bringing us through the journey that we're here to experience in the first place. So let's go back and just finish on some points on transitional can, elements. Can I, can I just and, say something um, real quick there on that? Yeah. You know, a lot of times I think people say then, well, if we have this, if we're, you know, this, we create our own reality and we're this perfect, you know, this, we are a manifestation of perfection, then why do we need to do all this stuff to stay healthy? And I'll just say that we've done it to ourselves and also we've allowed it to be done to ourselves. This is really the, a, a garden of Eden planet. This is an Eden planet. We were originally supposed to be just kind of living in this paradise kind of garden planet where our food would, you know, nature takes care of itself. That's why we stress permaculture. If you let nature do its thing and, and leave it unadulterated, the, the soil health will be optimized and we will you know, originally man probably lived in this Garden of Eden. That's where the original, you know, parable comes from or whatever, where you just go pick fruit, live off the fruit of the land, and you'd have all your sustenance. But unfortunately, we've screwed it all up. Yeah, and there's one thing we can't be saved from, and that's our own uh, thoughts and beliefs and, and emotions, which gives those thoughts and beliefs to have the velocity to pop in the matrix in the first place. And all of us have our issues and, and nobody's preaching to someone else or acting above it. But there is ample evidence, uh, not only, um, you know, that's been laid out since the beginning of time by the great ones uh, for us to understand, but also ways to apply that. So you can get little glimpses of how things really work, even though, uh, you know, you're, you're still seduced into the whole thing like we all are. The proof of the pudding is that we're all still here you know, having the experience where we're learning. And so it's not a matter of beating us, beating ourselves up because we still have problems or uh, by acting holier than now and, and, and thinking somehow we're smarter than the next guy because if we're so smart, we would have been, um, you know, onto the next experience a long time ago. So, um, yeah, our thoughts and our uh, emotions and our beliefs are exactly what create our reality and I have people all the time, especially in the health field, that, you know, they might be getting, uh, you know, some good results in one area, but then say, well, geez, why do, why does my knee still hurt or something? You know, I'm reading all these great books and entertaining these, uh, you know, ideas uh, about uh, higher consciousness. Well, here's the deal. It's, uh, it's like an accountant sheet. At the end of every day, I would challenge everybody to do this um, in one column. Uh, uh, tally up all the thoughts, emotions, and, and things that were put into play that uh, say, um, I'm an unlimited, all-powerful spiritual being having a human experience, and uh, my consciousness is putting electrical thoughts into form, and uh, you know, this isn't really what I think it is, and, and, and so forth, versus the other column, 
uh, Talia, how many times did I say bullshit like, uh, well, I still got to pay the rent. So, um, you know, most of us, even those of us that are avid seekers and students, if we're honest with each other or with ourselves, at the end of the day, we're probably going to say, you know, a lot of my thoughts were still on BS. Uh, you know, again, nobody's bad, but it's old habits uh, sometimes die hard. And, uh, you know, we're in the process of learning and also putting new habits into motion. And uh, a single lifetime in the scheme of things isn't that big of a deal. It's a, it's a flash in the pan. So maybe we have to keep working on it. Maybe it's not just like reading a book and I'm enlightened or I, I do a, a new Qigong practice and my problems are over with. Or else, uh, you know, like a lot of people do, they'll do that for a few days and say, oh, that didn't work you know, uh, on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, uh, we're a product of ourselves and we have to, uh, uh, you know, apply ourselves. Nothing's going to be handed to us on a silver plat uh, uh, platter. And uh, it just might take some time, some trial and error. And we might just have to suffer through all of our worst doubts and fears and and, uh, you know, stand up against the critics and, and all the talking heads that say that's a bunch of crap and woo-woo and everything. And, you know, like the trolls out there on, you know, podcasts like this that get their two bits worth in. And But the fact is, is um, all the things that we were taught from birth on is junk science. So let's get into the next slide. I think I already promised that. Let's go here. Okay, transitional elements are those informational fields between the keynotes or what you uh, correctly termed analog. And um, let's just go through properties of the transitional elements. Oh, and by the way, to finish that question before that somebody asked, um, elements uh, that we think of as the major things like carbon, calcium, and things in the soil are deficient but the transitional elements therefore are also very deficient. So you have to have a way to um, harvest these transitional elements, which you can do from water in certain ways. You can do uh, certain processes from um, other kinds of uh, minerals in order to concentrate the transitional elements. And then you take those concentrations and put them back into your mineral formula. So not only do you have keynotes, but you have an abundance of transitional elements. And um, let's go on from there. Each element occupies a unique pressure zone uh, within tonal fields of nine octaves that lend specific properties. Okay, that sounds like, what the heck does that mean? Well, think of an organ, a pipe organ where you're working the pedals with your feet, you're building up pressure so that the uh, tonal fields will rise in and out of, uh, up and down into the different octaves. And that's what minerals are. And, you know, there's not like one note in a, uh, or single notes in a pipe organ. You're creating pressure zones in order for those notes to morph one into the other. And uh, that's exactly what minerals are. Uh, that's why there's no such thing as carbon or calcium as a single entity. Those are just different pressure zones that will then become, go full circle through all the other pressure zones and then start back at the beginning of what we call something like hydrogen. 
All elements transition through each phase of the periodic table in a full circle procession back to their hydrogen origins. Okay. Transitional elements represent the informational fields between the keynotes as recognized in the study of chemistry and behave similar to the harmonics with musical, within musical chords. Effects of transitional elements on human physiology, this is where it gets more relevant. The essential actions of minerals on human physiology are activated by the transitional elements. So if you have um, isolated uh, um, elements uh, as in, you know, typical mineral forms, like you can take calcium and you can derive it from certain mineral sources and it will have a tendency to be concentrated in a certain form of that mineral well, if it's devoid of all the transitional elements, it's really not going to work as well. And when you add the transitional elements, it actually activates those keynotes to work even better, just like making music sound better when you have the analog information in between. Regular dietary concentrations of transitional elements recognize, uh, um, uh, let's see, I can't read my own thoughts here. Transitional elements uh, uh, recondition the innate superconductive attributes of the nervous system. Mentioned this already, the nervous system is a superconductor, and if it was never tampered with in the first place and never had junk put into it, we would have absolutely no impedance to information. Um, everything would happen instantly. You would be able to tune in, again, to those broader bandwidths that would give you the information uh, that we're all seeking, and things would operate flawlessly, and also, if people understand what a superconductor is, that means that you have um, very little or no energy necessary at all from the outside in order to keep the system going. That's what we call zero-point energy. Uh, that's actually why we call our supplement line a mineral zero-point. That's not just a, a, a kind of a cute little marketing term. It's actually a reality. And uh, when we understand what Tesla and, and Walter and Schauberger, uh, Steiner, and a lot of the other ones uh, all knew, uh, our technologies right now would not need um, outside input. They would uh, simply be initiated in certain ways according to these understandings. And you'd never have to source information outside of a closed system in the first place. And the original superconductor is the human body. And that's why the great ones also used to admonish us, know thyself and you will know the universe. Okay, next one. Transitional elements greatly enhance pineal activity. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to take all sorts of stuff in order to activate their pineal. Also recognize uh, things that they put in our water, uh, like fluoride calcify the pineal. Geez, uh, must just be a mistake. I'm sure they wouldn't mean to do that on purpose. But uh, when the pineal activity is activated, especially through these transitional elements, uh, then again, we can perceive in ways and read between the lines uh, in ways that we would have formerly thought impossible. And then we would rethink our entire reality. Uh, transitional element activated minerals restore kidney energy reserves in Chinese medicine. We're always talking about the kidneys being kind of our bank accounts that we come into this matrix with and we tend to use them up inordinately without replenishing them. Well, transitional elements, along with certain herbs, we uh, you know, understand how to use, can restore kidney reserves with transformative effects on every organ system without exception. 
the next slide before I sh uh, uh, let you get a word in, Mike, uh, we're going to talk about calcium, but uh, anybody in out there want to throw their two bits worth in? Well, uh, the transitional elements, I think, for me, was one of the biggest eye-openers when, when I first started chatting with you, God, a decade ago, and you started educating me on that, because that's a secret, I think, that most people don't know about. And um, we talked about, um, you know, originally um, the fellow Dave, David who invented or discovered the, or what he called the orbitally rearranged monatomic elements, right? Uh, or, yeah. um, which we call the transitional elements. And, um, you know, I was just like, for instance, this morning, I was just taking the gold platinum group one that we have, you know, it's good for hormonal balance and such. And then we get into the idea of monatomic gold um and again the history of that with supposedly the anunnaki coming and mining that and using us as slaves to do that etc or even um genetically and changing us they came here to, to mine that um uh, just curious any thoughts on the monatomic gold and how that relates to this yeah i i prefer the term uh transition elements because it goes uh it coincides with a real model of physics that we can um, validate in certain ways, whereas ORM, orbitally rearranged monatomic elements, is more of an understanding, trying to term uh, what David uh, discovered in his soil science uh, back in uh, the late 80s, early 90s, and, and, and I've told this story where we actually, uh, you know, had a meeting with him over in Maui, where we had our clinic at the time, uh, right after he made that discovery, and we were finding certain things uh, like concentrates from aloe, uh, as an example, that um, we could show had high concentrations, natural concentrations of this mo these monatomic elements, especially the gold platinum group. And, and <clears throat> then in certain circles, they're taking large concentrations of these. And some people were, uh, you know, were anecdotally reporting that they were having all these great uh, um, changes in their consciousness. Um, I never uh, participated in taking bush bushels of you know aloe concentrate and everything to see what would happen because I just believe it's an inside job and I think a lot of those things are wonderful and will um, help our journey get there a little better. Uh, but you know you can't just take something from the outside and achieve enlightenment. So. But that was going on in those circles, and and I and so you, I do so believe there's saying, a lot of validity to what they're saying. So you're saying they were literally taking boatloads of aloe uh, extract that had these uh, transitional elements um, to like initiate uh, pineal gland activation, do like out of body stuff or stuff like that. Yeah, and they're, you know. And some individuals reporting all these remarkable things, and and I'm not doubting them. I just don't know firsthand, uh, even though I was in at the very beginning with this technology and understanding it from a certain level, how it was a valid concept and how it would create very special effects in the nervous system. Uh, you're always going to have a few people that take it the next level again. I, I don't know if there's any truth uh, to it or not, but uh, you know that is a part of myself where I like to stay a little bit grounded. And, and also understand that uh, everything is about consciousness. And when we, you know, maybe put it all on a powder that we can take from the outside 
And that's going to do it for us. And I think we're back in the same box of giving our power away to something. So, you know, always I would just, um, you know, again, this is just my belief system. I think if we always return back to the fact that we have everything within ourselves and then understand how those things uh, that we think of external to us that really aren't external to us can be used intelligently in ways to enhance our experience, I think that's better than, you know, going into the thing of, oh, if I take this, uh, you know, I'm going to live forever or, you know, be enlightened or, or some such thing. So we, we had all that stuff. And of course, Maui was a breeding ground for woo-woo. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, so we're just kind of used to that. Whereas meanwhile, as a clinician, and, and I'm very open-minded, and, and some of the things I talk about, I get. It seems way too far out there for most people. But everything I talk about, I can validate in certain ways and show technologies and clinical practices that actually authenticate how those things work and that they aren't woo-woo. So you want to have an open mind, but at the same time, um, you know, be grounded in your application and understand, well, that it still gets back to everything being in your own lap. So when we yeah, met with David, much. understand, understood what he was dealing with, where he would concentrate some of these substances and they'd uh, do weird things like they'd float, they wouldn't, they defy the, the, you know, the known law or the conventional laws of physics, and they just wouldn't behave like normal elements. And also, they would morph, uh, you know, from moment to moment in one state to another. So, you know, again, they were transitional and it kind of proved that uh, these things aren't these keynotes where you can just count on picking up a, a, a tuning fork and C sharp and hit it and you're going to hear the same note all the time. You know, those analog fields are representing those uh, things that are much more um, uh, able to morph, uh, you know, according to a lot of subtle forces that are at play all the time that we don't always recognize. So wow. Orm, uh, unfortunately, I think, just um, created the concept that these were elements and uh, trying to make them fit into conventional chemical concepts. And meanwhile, people like Walter Russell, uh, you know, with uh, a, a deeper understanding, uh, just, just like, um, real biochemistry and microbial biology we know that everything is always in transition in the state of becoming and there's nothing that's ever cast in stone or a distinct thing within this matrix even though it appears that way to our senses uh um yeah uh, really interesting too very wise what you just said um and it can, God, I can relate it to so many things in terms of these people bi essentially biohacking with uh, this aloe to, you know, have some like psychonaut type of experience, which I think is really cool because I'm really into that. But, but what you really hit the nail on the head there is that's not the, um, that's not the end game here. That's, that's not in, as important as the internal development. And that's why we are so powerful as the human species, because if you relate it back to the uh, you know, the theories about the Anunnaki coming here and they're just supposedly this advanced space race that you can travel from planet to planet. They're coming here to um, harvest this monatomic gold that, you know, we call this transitional gold that shows that they are put themselves in a box and that they are really, they are, you know, relying on this uh, one element to power their technology 
if you go by the theories here, where we, if we understand our own internal power, don't need that. And we are actually way more powerful because we have, you know, unfortunately, in many ways, we've subverted ourselves into that same kind of mindset that the Anunnaki had. And whether they took a big part in that or, or not, but it doesn't matter in the end, understanding the internal power that we have as uh, infinite spiritual, spiritual creatures or beings um, is so important. So very wise words. Um, I do have a couple questions here. Um, people are still having some issues understanding transitional elements. Um, uh, it, here's a question. Is it like an element that is in the process of changing the composition of subatomic? And we're going into atomic here once again, guys. So we want to get away from that and think more analog, think more musically. Um, but it's, is it like an element that is in the process of changing the composition of subatomic particles until it becomes another element? Um, so we got to get away from that thinking guys of the particle thinking and get into the idea of, of analog, um, music and, and, in in the idea of that we aren't, um, stuck in, in, in once again, the digital versus analog, we're not stuck in these, this particle mentality. Things are always transitioning. Everything is transitioning. And so, as, and it's the, it's the principle of correspondence as above, so below. So in just the way you're transitioning in life constantly down to the minute parts of minerals are doing the same thing. What would yeah, you say? and in your own life stream, you know, I can, uh, we can all look at pictures of ourselves when we were kids. Well, that doesn't exist anymore, any more than, um, you know, uh, the, the present harmonic is, you know, what we see in the mirror every morning. And that's going to keep changing and changing and changing. And uh, the best way to think about these elements is that uh, you have a, a, a guitar and you pluck a string that's static. There's no vibration. And now you hook it up to a meter that can create a waveform that's going to mirror, uh, you, you know, the frequency coming out from that guitar string as it's vibrating. And you're going to see, uh, you know, at its uh, peak when you, when you first hit it, it's going to have some very demonstrative um, uh, uh, waves, you know, peaks and valleys. And then it's going to uh, gradually level out into, uh, um, you know, just a flat line. And, uh, you know, we can use the same analogy for our life. Nobody dies, but you just flat line until you, you know, want to plonk the screen again and the string again and have another experience until you get it. But when it comes to the elements, uh, those um, elements are the same. That original keynote that you plucked on the string is going to morph uh, through a waveform that is going to go through many transitions until it just goes back down to flatline. And it's no different than when you look at um, a waveform that uh, you're looking at a tonal field that maybe science uh, recognizes in as hydrogen. Now, hydrogen, um, you know, is one of the things that gets us into this fifth octave experience um, because it's it just begins to resonate at a level that the uh, average senses or technological extensions of our senses can recognize as something that exists in the matrix in the first place. 
and then um, the, the frequencies beyond hydrogen within the fifth octave keep getting more and more robust until they actually take on what we think of as more physical properties. You know, the, I always thought the, another interesting side note is that hydrogen, uh, you know, appears on the waveform at exactly about 33 degrees, which uh, for you esoteric <laughs> people out there might... Uh, uh, you know, when you want to get into all the Masonic uh, lore and that sort of thing that, uh, well, 33 degrees. Well, there's a lot of significance to that. It's where the matrix first comes into being. And uh, there's wow. people that understand these simple little truths. And then, um, you know, then you have all all the arguments and discussions and things Probably. about what 33 means. And uh, is it good? Is it bad? It's just, no, this stuff is like basic stuff. <laughs> Excuse but, me, probably, uh, does this also probably relate to, um, and I don't want to get too off topic real quick, but to, um, you know, geometry, too late. Uh, to, to the geometry and stuff, you know, uh, in terms of, um, uh, you know, all the sacred geometry and everything. Absolutely, because each frequency, uh, and, and you can um, see this with the practice of cymatics, where you place certain frequencies and subject particles of sand to the frequencies, they form different geometrical forms. Well, every element is going to have a different geometrical form depending on the frequency. So all those geometries play in creating three-dimensional um, pictures as we experience them. And then you put them all together. And, uh, you know, we have pretty elaborate simulations that are uh, amazing if you think about what we're actually doing. And, you know, with the hydrogen, we're saying, well, it just kind of appears 33. If, if you look at a waveform and you do a qu an equator, and I, I, I don't want to get into all this stuff because it's really not that hard to understand, but it's a new language and way of thinking of things, so it seems real technical when it's not. But when you have a, an equator and a waveform going up and down, you know, like go back to the guitar string there, well, the sound first happens, and in the case of a tonal field, we call an element, it's 33 degrees, which is hydrogen, until it gets 90 degrees perpendicular, uh, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, right at the peak of a wave, and that's uh, what we call a fully repolarized state of full electrical charge that's where your flashlight you turn on with some fresh batteries you have a nice you know bright beam and then, you know that's a, a totally charged repolarized state and carbon it's a backbone of uh, uh of the fifth octave because it's the most stable structure and another way to think of it is these waveforms are not actually waveforms they're spirals that are always moving in certain directions and these spirals, you know, again, waveform, if you look three-dimensionally and put a pencil through a waveform, well, actually, it's doing this instead of just up and down. And then um, the waveform is always going, uh, you know, in and out in its journey through the octaves. And that's how the, you know, one element, when it's uh, past 33 degrees, it gets to the peak of 90 degrees. It's going to uh, really re represent a spiraling centripetal force. It's, it's like informational fields that are very tightly bound. And if you just take some string and tightly, you know, wind it around a, 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 a spool versus take the same string and throw it up here so it's just a big, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, mess. Well, you, it's not going to be as solid. And so carbon, for instance, in the fifth octave, 
you know, and we think of diamonds when we think of carbon because it's a carbon derivative. It's one of the hardest substances that we know of, and, and, and it only appears hard in simulation because it's matter that's tightly wound that represents that 90 degree perpendicular. And I think that's probably as technical as we want to get. But, you know, I just tell folks that are listening, get the concepts. Don't try to outthink this stuff with your brain. Just, um, you know, get the points we're trying to make. And then, you know, if, if you can go there and then you go back to your high school chemistry, things start really falling apart and uh, are not only oversimplistic, but they aren't even congruous. And some of this stuff actually starts making more sense. And the most important thing is the ramifications of how we think of ourselves, our reality, and our place in the simulation. All of a sudden, uh, you know, the, uh, there's no more limits. So that's why we talk about this stuff in the first place, uh, you know, not to sound uh, smart or, or cutting edge on anything. It's just the way it works, and we really need to get over the hump with this stuff. So let's do a quick share here. Yeah, and that was and, a great. Uh, we're, that was a great point too, because we get stuck thinking in like two D or you know like the wave idea with the with the equator, but really everything's obviously more um, like you were saying, almost like a vortex, right? Uh, uh, of these conical circular movements, not just an up down two D wave. It's actually a, a full three D embodiment. So you've got you know yet we have to think in those terms more. Yeah, you know, when I study electrical engineering, I'm looking at books uh, that have pictures of waveforms, but they aren't depicting it in this three-dimensional, ever-transitioning state, which would really tell you how things work. All right, uh, this slide here is calcium is key. So I'll bring this back to a nutritional soil science level. Um, calcium, Again, it's one of those transitional states of being. It's not a separate entity, but when it takes on this level of frequency, it provides very important things. And, you know, there was a time decades ago when they started studying calcium and they just realized, wow, this stuff is necessary for every single biological function. Therefore, we, you know, really need to start supplementing this. And now, Decades later, we find uh, people are having problems. Well, they're taking all these cal calcium supplements and they've got calcium deposits in certain areas where they shouldn't be and, and, and they aren't even assimilating all the time the calcium they need to do what they're taking it for in the first place. And uh, that's because calcium, when properly understood, it's uh, the best... Um, it, it occupies an electrical zone that is very powerful in moving us into a proper resistance level. And when I say resistance level, uh, people would more relate to that as uh, talking about pH, you know, acid versus alkaline. But acid versus alkaline is actually an electrical property. So it's better understood in that way or, or uh, you know, more true to real life. So let's just read this. Calcium is key. Every bodily system and tissue is maintained through liver function, which is in turn dependent on the correct form and type of calcium. That's absolutely true. If you're calcium deficient and our soil is extremely calcium deficient, uh, your liver is going to suffer and your liver is not only... Um, operates to make all your other functions, especially your digestive functions work, 
but anything that you take into your body, uh, your liver actually puts a signature frequency stamp on every single molecule. Uh, and that signature stamp is unique to you alone in the universe, which means it's the key that will make that element work. So if your liver is not um, operating with 100% efficiency, not only will everything else suffer, but you won't even be able to utilize the stuff that you are getting wow. in in the first place. Wow, that was, so, that was crazy what you just said. I, you, what you just said was a, was a lot right there. That's amazing. That just shows how incredibly amazing we all are anyways. <laughs> Yeah, so with our nutritional sciences and practices, uh, you know, a, a little bit of information beyond the conventional is, can really be grounded and helpful. This isn't academic, far-reaching stuff. And the more you understand the truth, the easier it is to understand than the stuff we're taught is the truth. Because most people would probably agree that, hey, when I was in school, I sucked at math and I sucked at biochemistry. <laughs> Whereas if somebody just wrapped their mind around some of these concepts, uh, and if they could unlearn all the other crap, um, they'd come to the conclusion that like, wow, I get it. Yeah, so, we'd be living um, in a much different world, that's for sure. Knowledge is power, and we are uh, systematically... Uh, removed from that knowledge anyways go ahead yeah so biological life requires calcium by weight and volume more than any other element and that just happens to be within our octave of experience calcium is uh, a, a very prominent frequency that is very helpful for the way we construct things here with carbon backbones calcium deficient food is toxic well if it's we already touched on this but if there's not enough calcium, your liver suffers, your digestion suffers, you can't uh, uh, assimilate things properly. And uh, DNA synthesis, I just, we could have pages of what calcium does. I just took a handful off the top of my head. DNA synthesis is calcium dependent. Well, we're talking about carbon-60 and jiaogulan and all these things that repair DNA. And it's, uh, they're very important substances and can be helpful. But uh, if you're missing calcium in the first place, well, you know, then those other substances aren't going to work as well either. So that's why some people can take some carbon-60 and say, holy cow, it really fixed everything. And other people go, yeah, I kind of felt it, but it's a little bit more subtle. Well, there's a lot of other things at play. The more we know, the more we can orchestrate everything we need together at the same time which of course is what we do in bioterrain medicine. We don't just say, oh, well, this herb we find is good for um, inflammation. We realize that uh, there's ways to orchestrate things in a unique way for every single individual um, ecosystem so that those needs are met and not just relying on something that everybody says is the new trend. All right, so calcium assists the cellular uptake of all other minerals. That's why in soil science, um, if you do not have proper calcium levels in the soil, then uh, the other minerals, no matter how much you dump into the soil, it's not going to be uh, taken up uh, into the uh, roots of the plants in the first place. And the same thing for the human body, without the proper uh, calcium levels, then you're not going to absorb any of the other minerals, no matter how much you're taking. Okay, supplementation requires, this is a, a key one, the next one. Supplementation requires choosing the correct calcium, not just any calcium, 
the correct calcium to avoid undesirable deposits, which explains again, if people are getting deposits and they say, oh, uh, now uh, I believe the calcium supplementation is dangerous, and some people are saying that, and then they're saying, well, you don't really need that much calcium, and, and you know these deposits prove it. Well, it's because people are not taking the right kind of calcium at the right time, and uh, therefore, you're also going to have inefficient assimilation of the calcium that you do need. So correct calcium supplementation powerfully shifts body chemistry to a proper pH zone. That's why in ionization analysis, we look at the electrical resistant levels of the body by way of um, uh, biochemical extrapolation of what we pick up in the fluids of the body. And then we use uh, uh, other things, but uh, uh, very much we use the right kind of calcium to shift the pH or the electrical resistance of the body in a more favorable zone because in that zone, the body is going to efficiently picks it, pick up exactly uh, as much and what it needs with uh, very uh, much less input from the outside. Uh, three calcium types, and then we'll um, uh, um, uh, calm yeah, down getting, for questions. Well, here. we're getting questions. Uh, three so, calcium yeah. types, uh, anionic, uh, which is another way of saying alkaline. I like anionic because it connotes more the electrical understanding of what alkaline really is. Uh, and, and it has to do with resistant levels. So you have anionic calcium, which promotes greater electrical resistance. What is resistance? Well, go out in your garden, put a, a nozzle on the end of your hose, turn the water on, so that you have a set amount of volume and of water coming through the end of the hose. Now tighten up the nozzle so that it has a thin stream, which is going to give it more velocity, you know, more volume trying to get out of a smaller space. So it's going to travel farther and have, uh, you know, more pressure behind it. And that is what you call greater resistance. So um, if you're saying, uh, oh, I want to be more alkaline, what you're really saying is I want more electrical resistance. Now, there's sometimes where that's a good thing. Um, sometimes you need less resistance. So next one, cationic or acidic calcium to reduce electrical resistance. Now you open up the end of the hose and the water kind of spills out because there's less pressure buildup doesn't have as much velocity, even though there's the same volume of water coming out. That's what we call acidic. And what we're again talking about is electrical resistance levels. Sometimes you want electricity to flow through bodily systems with more resistance, higher velocity, sometimes less. And sometime in the future, Mike, let's have a talk about, um, you know, there's no such thing as, oh, I should just have an alkaline diet because I can eat all sorts of alkaline uh, food and it might do nothing to me. You might eat the same amount of uh, uh, alkaline food, the same exact diet, and it might create greater alkaline in you, alkalinity in you or greater resistance. And you get a third person that has the same exact alkaline diet and he's going to react to those foods in a way that is going to actually make them acidic. So it's not about foods, again, external things doing things to us, it's how we react to external things. So one of the things we do in our old clinical days is some elaborate type of testing we call metabolic typing uh, based on a lot of uh, 
uh, principles put out by Ravici and other ones where we'd understand if a person was sympathetic, parasympathetic, dominant, or 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 if they um, you know were slow oxidizers, fast oxidizers, and a whole bunch of other things that would tell us how they would uh, react to foods. And if we determined through the ionization analysis that we needed greater resistance, well, first off, we know how this person's reacting to certain kinds of foods. And if we needed greater uh, alkalinity, greater resistance, then we would uh, then know which foods would do that in that person versus another food. So, you know, uh, the point of all that, just take away from it, uh, that one size does not fit all. It's not about being uh, alkaline or not alkaline. And it's not about a food or anything external is going to fix us. We have to understand what makes us tick. And the thing that is going to have the most profound effect on our health is what we think and feel uh, if you don't do anything else. Because you can eat bushels of uh, celery uh, you know, every day to make yourself more alkaline. And if you have uh, toxic thoughts and emotions, then you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, not only toxic, but overly acidic, no matter how much of that stuff you drink. All right. Uh, it's more important, in other words, to worry about what comes out of your mouth and not what you put into it. So um, the three calcium types, the last one is neutral pH calcium. Sometimes you need a neutral one. Uh, to increase, uh, to avoid increasing or reducing electrical resistance. And let's just finish up on this, and then we'll put the last slide uh, uh, aside. That one's about carbon. This is something you can see on our website. I'm not going to uh, elaborate on it, but it talks about a simple way. Uh, you know, it's not the most exact uh, um, way or you know, we, we do a lot of other things in the clinic when we're really determining people's zones, uh, you know, pH zones. We have to uh, take into account conductivity and uh, sugar levels and you know, all sorts of things, uh, urea and, um, um, you know, nitric uh, uh, zones and, and, and other things that all play into the resistance. But um, this will actually get you into the ballpark, and it might take just a little bit longer, but it will get you there <clears throat> if you do this. So you just take a pH strips, and real short, uh, it tells you the numbers here. If your pH is in a certain range, then you do use, uh, you know, maybe more of an alkalinizing type of calcium. Uh, if uh, your range is in into this zone here, you might use uh, a more of a, an acidifying calcium. And if you're in this range here, 6.2 to 6.7, uh, and this is urine pH we're talking about, uh, you might use a calcium that's more of a neutral calcium. And then another thing you, you can do is weekly, you take your uh, saliva and your urine pH and you average them out, you, you, uh, and this tells you how to average it out. The, you weight the saliva twice as much, uh, add in uh, the urine, and then divide them by three. And then that kind of tells you if you're moving in the right uh, uh, range, and the right range uh, ultimately is going to get you where your uh, pH of your saliva is 6.4, and your urine is also 6.4 pH. And, uh, and I guarantee everyone's going to go out now and look on the internet and say, oh, no, my saliva is supposed to be seven and my urine is supposed to be five something. Well, 
no, uh, that's a simplistic um, understanding if you aren't looking at the complete electrical resistance equation, which can only be derived through something called ionization analysis. And the last phase is there. Uh, anybody can jump in right now. We won't go too much longer. And then you can talk about whatever you want there, Mike. Well, people are really into this. They're all wondering, you know, people are asking what their uh, uh, calcium zone is. Chancho11 was saying, I need to find out what my calcium zone is ASAP. I just shared <laughs> a link to uh, the calcium powders uh, category, the zero point. So people can look into that and the three different products we offer on our website. Um, you can actually uh, get into that, get some pH strips, do that process that uh, Bear just uh, went over, and then find out what which calcium you need to start optimizing. And once again, this is all about optimizing your electrical system so the transitional elements um, can be more effective. Um, one question from Hope Light. Um, so does calcium have anything to do with my electrical sensitivity? If so, what should I take? So I assume she's, you know, talking about she's got sensitivity to EMF and stuff like that. Um, this would probably relate back to doing the pH strips, right? Yeah, it has everything to do with it because if your electrical resistance uh, in your body is optimal, then you're going to be less vulnerable to anything, including all these EMFs and things that we're exposed to these days. And you're going to just feel a whole lot better and be more, um, more resilient. Yeah. Not to mention your body is going to be in a regenerative mode rather than a deteriorating mode, which is uh, what's happening to, you know, our bodies on this planet right now. Yeah. And, and, and Russ here made a great point uh, to reiterate what you said, because you just dropped about 500 nuggets of knowledge in that last two slides that we could do multiple alpha casts on. Um, but he said, wow, being negative creates an acidic environment in your body. I think that's what Dr. Lando alluded to. And I said, exactly. Uh, you know, we need to in, in understand that controlling our thoughts and emotions supersedes anything we eat. Um, this is why we did that uh, alpha cast on breathing techniques and how important that is for controlling, um, uh, you know, our flight and fight or flight mechanisms and all of these things that create these acidic environments or these, you know, these environments that can be caustic to our health through our emotion anxieties we have, um, which are often a direct result from the specific uh, matrix that we're in right now. Yeah. And the most important uh, part of this information is, yeah, it's valuable to know what kind of calcium to take and the role of transitional elements and, and uh, you know uh, how our consciousness is fully at play, no matter what we're doing. But the, the the information is more valuable, and it opens us up to the possibilities of our real potential and the purpose of why we're here in the first place. And um, I don't know if it's the same Russ that I saw flash across my screen and in, uh, in uh, what, what do you call it, the Telegram? I forgive me, people, if I don't. Uh, follow through with that all the time. It's just a time factor, but I think um, yes, same same Russ, he made a he made a comment about alchemy when I was talking about uh, you know how we make our tinctures, and the real alchemy is understanding the mechanics of waveforms put into motion by our own consciousness, and then we can apply that awareness to anything we do. And then it becomes apparent, even if we're making an herbal tincture, 
not just to follow some recipe that you know comes from the middle ages they say oh if you do this it's alchemy now we understand what they really understood firsthand which is alchemy is un- is duplicating how those waveforms transition in nature within ourselves to construct our whole reality and use the same principles in every single thing we do including making um, substances so that's real alchemy and the alchemy is changing our thoughts and taking the training wheels off so uh, again we're not just trying to sell uh, products here what we I would be much happier if people just started understanding um, you know what makes us tick in the first place because uh, not only will that set us free but we'll need less external things including products to take in the first place but yeah. again, we're in transition and, um, you know, it's a process and we're getting there and, uh, you well, know, you sometimes, went, uh, things are helpful. Went, you went full circle with that too, which is great. and takes us back to how we began with the first slide or second slide, which is talking about the, uh, we are moving into the age of transmutation. It's exactly what alchemy is, the ability to transmutate. Uh, our reality uh, through our consciousness and this can this can go on whatever um, octave we're on so literally transmuting these elements uh, via the transitional elements in our body through our thought Um, and this relates to how breatharianism can actually exist and this relates to how you don't have to have a meat-based diet if you if you have this knowledge and you work on yourself internally where you can literally transmute you know, into your B12 or whatever you need, because that's like one of the big things that I always get from the carnivore diet people who say, well, that's, you can't be a vegan. You can't be vegetarian even because you're not getting B12. And that goes back to the particle basis concept that we've been so ingrained with is that, you know, traditionally the understanding is B12 can only be, you know, truly got and bioavailable. It's bioavailability is only through like fish or meat or whatever, or dairy. But um, when you have the grander concepts of transmutation, then that all goes out the window, right? Yeah, and all these uh, practices that we can apply nutritionally or lifestyle-wise, what they're really meant to do is, uh, you know, not just make our experience within this uh, matrix uh, more pleasant, but it's really to illustrate to ourselves how we tick and what our possibilities are. And, uh, you know, we can explore all these discussions, which are a lot of fun, everything from breatharianism to veganism to paleo to transitional elements. And it's, it's all great off-grid living, you know. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, the, the, the temptation for most of us, uh, sorry, that's my phone, I'll stop in a minute. The temptation for all of us is it becomes an identity politics, which is very prevalent these days. And uh, so, oh, I'm an off-gridder, or I'm a, I'm a breatharian, uh, I'm a, you know, I do martial arts, whatever. It's all great stuff, and it's a good way to explore your potentials. But as soon as you qualify, what well, goes back to what we're talking about, uh, you know, there's simply two things two words is all we need to know is I am. And uh, the moment we qualify those two words with anything afterwards, you know, like breatharian, it's like, guess what? You're back in the same old box. You're no longer just pure consciousness. You are identifying, uh, you know, 
and qualifying that, which means you're limiting yourself. And, um, and also these days, there's a lot of virtue signaling going on, you know, where we want people to know that I'm a, you know, this or that. And, and you know, it, it really doesn't matter. We're here to support each other uh, in the journey, allow each other to have our, uh, you know, qualify our own journey and to figure it out together. And, um, but. Well, and, and Russ brings up another interesting idea here. And yeah, it's the same Russ. He's uh, one of our admins and is a uh, very instrumental in helping push Alpha Vedic. And we really appreciate you, Russ. So I'm giving you some time here, but because you, and you're also brilliant in so many things you bring up. You said, uh, so the idea that your negative emotions increase acidity or whatever. He says, if I'm more acidic, then I have more resistance in my frequency then. Uh, is that the flow of vibration around me can't move easily as easily through me? Um, does that kind of make sense in that, in those terms? Well, if we want to get technically correct in the world of electricity and chemistry, um, acidic would be um, less resistance. It would okay. be a centrifugal spiral versus centripetal. And it, in Chinese medicine, uh, we'd say you're more prone to stagnation. Mm. Um, you know, it's like a pond that isn't moving properly. The energy isn't flowing robustly enough and things get kind of stagnant and stuck and constipated. Higher resistance, what we call alkaline, um, if, you're, if there's too much resistance and you can be over alkaline, you know, it, it, that's not good either. Um, then uh, you're going to have a tendency for inflammation, premature aging, and uh, you know uh, uh, deterioration of tissues. So you don't want to be on either side of the coin. You want to be neutral, and that's why living in between uh, or outside, however you want to think of it, the world of polarities that we necessarily create in order to create the vibrations that. Uh, allow us um, the simulation and the experience in the first place. We, we you know, we don't want to become those polarities because you're you're, you're going to be one side of the coin or or the other, and either one's going to give us grief. Yeah. So, uh, okay. yeah. Great. Uh, we have one more slide here. I say, okay, finish it up. And this, uh, we're doing two seconds here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in the end, we all want, we're talking about balance, right? Finding that crucial balance, uh, the yin and the yang, uh, really to be in our, in our bodies, in our higher self or whatever knows what that is. So don't overthink stuff, guys. Really go with your, uh, your intuition and open up your, into your heart and, and, and just kind of go with your feelings more than anything, right? And that's a great kind of, uh, I guess, test to know when you're going the right way. But these are what we're providing yeah. here today are, are a number of great tools to get there. So like taking the pH, uh, so you know, kind of what, you know, we provide these, uh, these calcium powders uh, to help you get there. It's just a tool. So um, go ahead, Bear. Yeah. And, um, you know, the mental plane, what we think of as our, our mental processes, that is what puts the vibrations of the one force in the motion in the first place. And then that necessarily, if you understand electricity, creates a polarization and the world of polarities. And that is exactly why we have been brought 
um, totally into the mental plane at present time. That's why when you, um, you know, need to qualify for medical school, as an example, uh, you aren't uh, judged by your um, ability to be a whole and balanced uh, being. You are judged by your ability to regurgitate information on the mental plane. And um, our whole world right now is mental. And of course, uh, when you have mental without that other side of ourselves, that other part of ourselves integrated in, then uh, you, you know you have that polarity, and that polarity will keep polarizing to infinity. Polarities, you know, it's like the polarities uh, have polarities within themselves. And, uh, you know, in uh, Oriental medicine, we call the yin within the yang and so forth. So in other words, you just have parts breaking off from parts. You're thinking in parts. You're losing uh, the forest through the trees. And it's another way of uh, saying I'm, you know, totally schizophrenic. So we're in a mental schizophrenic state of mind these days. And anybody that goes back to the fulcrum of uh, the power where all things emanate, you know, you're, uh, you know, open yourselves up to uh, trolling pejoratives, uh, you know, uh, where you're accused of uh, having your head in the clouds or something. But in fact, it's real science and the left hand path, uh, another way of uh, terming the mental plane is, um, it's exactly what, uh, I, and I'm not getting in any religious inclinations here, but it's what Satanism is. And it's just, uh, you know, completely going down the path of materialism, uh, you know, with no mana, no uh, prana, holding the whole thing together in the first place. And that's where you can surefire experience uh, institutions uh, in everything falling apart, uh, all of our creations having no uh, staying power, and also witnessing our bodies fall apart and uh, fall prey to things we think of as disease and everything in the first place. So, um, you know, it's, it's about living and not about analyzing. And it's interesting, you know, everything's right out in front, including the way they use words against us you know um when you look at just simple words like live uh spelled l-i-v-e and you invert it and that's what they've done with everything they've inverted the truth and kept us down one side versus at the expense of the other but you invert the word live and it spells evil and uh, i mean everything's right out right in front of our face so carbon-based simulation uh, carbon, as we said, the backbone of the fifth octave. Carbon is the most robust, robust element within our octave as it represents the peak of the elemental wave form exactly 90 degrees perpendicular to its equator. So to understand that, uh, you, you know, just uh, think you're out camping, you put up a simple tent with uh, a vertical pole in the middle to keep the whole thing standing. Is that tent going to be more stable if the center supporting uh, vertical pole is 90 degrees going straight up perfect or is it your tent going to be uh, more stable if it's at 30 degrees at an angle from the ground now the tent's probably gonna uh, fall down in that case and that's also why carbon derivatives 
um, you know, are so robust and also, um, uh, you know, allow soil to hold moisture and, uh, and, and to, uh, you know, be able to solubilize all the other minerals in the soil so that everything's more um, uh, healthy uh, and plants are more healthy. It's also going to explain why that waveform represented by carbon is going to repolarize our cells. You know, there's a technology out there called pulsed electromagnetic frequencies because when people um, and it works very well because when people, uh, you know, are having a physical problem, if you measure the milliamperage of their cells, it starts falling below a certain level, below 70 milliamps. And then you, uh, you know, uh, apply pulse electromagnetic frequencies. It repolarizes the cells, recharges them, just like putting fresh uh, flash uh, batteries into a flashlight. And, uh, you know, the cells pump up above 90 milliamps. And all of a sudden, all the other therapies you're doing work better and, and the body starts getting some more wind back in the cells. Well, carbon is that same 90 degree repolarization uh, uh, effect, but on the pure waveform level. And in Asian medicine, a second point down would term the element carbon as absolute yang, uh, synonymous with the position at sun at noonday. Uh, I said the energetics of the heart meridian, that's not technically correct with the nation medicine because you've got other fire elements behind the uh, besides the heart meridian but anyway just uh take it absolute yang is carbon you know it's 90 degrees perpendicular it represents an absolute 100 percent repolarization of the cells and uh most of us are uh operating on half charge batteries these days that means at the cellular level that's why carbon 60, as an example, um, is really helpful. It's why uh, um, electromagnetic devices like PEMF are also valuable in therapy. And um, carbon is the moisture regulator, regulator and governor of the soil responsible for solubilizing and mineralizing the biotrain. Already said that. And so last thing, and then uh, this will wrap it up. Carbon 60, the real efficacy of this carbon variant. Uh, I. I believe it's um, a transitional state of carbon. Um, you know, nobody's really gotten into this. I have my own ideas, but they're just my ideas. But anyway, it's a variant. It's a carbon variant. And the real efficacy of it lies in its capacity to repolarize biological cells, lending greater stability and resistance to stress while promoting regeneration and repair. And that's all, folks. <laughs> Yeah, carbon sixty. We we could do a thousand alpha casts on that alone. Um, you know, uh, as uh, Hope Light, she says that explains why C sixty plumps up skin on your face, making wrinkles less apparent. Uh, I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah, under kind of delving into the transitional element aspect of C sixty and taking it to the next level on that way is something we could always have a detailed conversation about but i think overall i think the the takeaway for today is just understanding that minerals are um extremely important um in understanding that these transitional elements exist in the mineral within these minerals and how everything's always changing and shifting and that inside we are too and because we are pure consciousness and electrical in nature in order for us to thrive with sending these all 
all these emotion, uh, excuse me, all these informational fields through us so that we can truly thrive and reduce aging, reduce disease, all that stuff, quote unquote disease. Um, these are tools that we can, that we need and require currently in this density to really have extreme health. So, um, this, this goes way beyond just taking a mineral supplement. This goes into, um, understanding your own kind of internal milieu, uh, and what you currently can use for these tools, uh, in terms of like we talked about the calcium powders, um, with the pH strips, um, we have products that we offer that do the transitional that provide the transitional elements you can get the she legit um you, you take charge of how you grow your food to make sure the, the the minerals are really in your food so one thing that someone had brought up multiple times on the telegram and stuff was the idea of um, doing the uh, aquaponics growing and that's something i kind of stray away from because my concerns of the lack of minerals with that type of growing right um but in the end you know, being that we are superconductors, these minerals are super important to maintain that that uh, optimum uh, thriving state, if you will. Any uh, summary, final Good summary job, stuff Mike. from you? Yeah, any final summary stuff from you, uh, Baron? We'll wrap this summary up. Summary is uh, support our permaculture farming project and educational products and buy our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the permaculture thing, um, uh, yeah, we've got um, a guild that we're involved with and we're, we're working locally here and then uh, we're going to build out our resources on the Telegram and on the website and Patreon especially. You can go to our Patreon, uh, Patreon forward slash Alpha Vedic and that's a great way to support us as we develop the, the Permaculture Guild and stuff. And um, basically, uh, yeah, um, our, my point is we're out doing this and Get involved, get involved locally, understand where your food's coming from, try to grow as much of your own food as you can. We know through with talks with David Devine, which big shout out to David, by the way, he really helped us out. He, he uh, shared our alpha cast with him on his channel, who has a lot of subscribers, and we've got a lot of people coming from him. And his big thing is about, um, you know, of course, the, the changes in the sun, which all relates to as above, so below, as, uh, as below, so above. Um, the sun is in constant transition like these elements and we're going through, uh, if you take the wave of the sun, we're going through a down wave right now. So we're going into a, what they call a solar minimum or with this cycle, a grand solar minimum. So we're going to have a lot less solar activity, which means less sun, which means longer winters, harsher weather. And then you take in the pole reversal concepts and we have some hard times on this physicality coming, which is important for our spiritual uh, evolution. This is all... We're, we're all making this happen for a reason. We w and if you want to check out that talk, you can check it out on Dave's channel. He broke it up into segments or you can watch it on our channel. Um, and uh, we go into a lot of these different practices. But this all relates together. This all comes together as above, so below. It's so crucial to understand um, the principle of correspondence. But, you know, we relate this all to our health. And we all want to just have, we're all here to be, we as consciousness are here to feel good and to enjoy the experience. Otherwise, what's the point? So that's what we want you to take away from this is that these minerals are tools to help you and really um, thrive in this experience. And no matter what's thrown at us um, with the, with the knowledge in the end that we're trying to impart upon uh, our community, uh, we should be able to always thrive and have fun and enjoy the experience. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, so hopefully Mike, one last question. Uh, yeah. 
Go ahead. Sorry, one last question. Do we have a guest next week and who is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, good. <laughs> good point. We have a really fun, exciting guest. I think you'll really actually enjoy this talk today because uh, he goes by, uh, it's Troy, K Troy Casey is his name. He's uh, the certified health nut ripped at 50, hashtag ripped at 50. This guy is just full of energy. Uh, he's really into a lot of the modalities here from that we talk about the breath work, the qigong, uh, diet, understanding that quote unquote diet isn't fixed into a specific polarity. It's always moving and, and kind of flowing with what you're into. Um, the guy is ripped. He's over 50. He looks like he's 30. Uh, he's a badass. And I can't wait to have him on the show. I think we're going to go down a ton of really fun tangents. So Troy's next week. Um, he's Please follow him, uh, Certified Health Nut. He's got a ton of following. He's really well known in the alternative health circles and in the festival circuit and stuff. He's been on like RT lately, Russia Today. He's like, you know, been on big stuff. So um, he's, he's really going to be awesome uh, to have on the show. And then um, another person that we'll be having on the next week is... Uh, a survivalist kind of primitive not survivalist but more of a primitive technology um a specialist from the uk uh john and um his channel um blinking out right now but um we'll make sure to obviously get the word out and promote it and, and you can join our um if you go to alphavedic.com you can join our uh, mailing list and get uh, notifications of these upcoming guests we also um on our telegram group which please join. It's a wonderful growing, fast growing community now, t.me forward slash Alpha Vedic. If you're into these talks and want to kind of really engage with the community, this is what we talk about all day long on Telegram. And um, we have, uh, thanks to Russ, who we mentioned earlier, he, uh, he put in some uh, systems there now where you can, uh, you can see all of our guests and you can see uh, links and stuff for them. So uh, t.me forward slash alphavedic but uh yeah so we have two really interesting guests coming up this month it's going to be a really fun show i've got a couple other lined up too and then uh this sunday i'll be on sherry edwards podcast um at soundworks is that the anyway she's the premier sound therapist on the entire planet i learned a great deal from her back in the old days and we have a an interview with her on our venue, uh, you know, in our archive, on our archive, but uh, they'll be interviewing me on their show this Sunday. So a lot of good stuff happening for the um, new year. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I really wanted, I really wanted to get into Will, Wilhelm Reich a bit today, but we, we've run out of time. We could do a, we should probably just do a whole alpha cast on him. And also I'd like to do one on uh, Royal Rife. Those are two instrumental characters in history that, um, actually showed what we're talking about today in with specific modalities of healing and uh, were totally persecuted for it. And if you do a standard Google search for them, all you'll see is that continual persecution on the centralized technocrat run uh, information portal we call Google, which is what I, just a total BS platform. Um, but those two um, are fascinating characters, and we've been talking about on our Telegram group uh, recently about Wilhelm Wright, and I know you're very familiar with him and, and stuff like the, the organ and the organite and stuff. So we didn't really get a touch on it today. I was hoping we would, but this is such a deep, deep uh, uh, topic that um, you know we, we're kind of over our two-hour mark that I, we like to do uh, before people get exhausted from the content. So that being said, let's, uh, let's plan on doing one of these on Wilhelm Reich, if that works for you, Bear. That'd be fun. Cool. Okay, guys. Hey, thanks so much for uh, joining us today on the live chat. 
Um, thanks for the donations. Um, you can join us on dlive.tv forward slash Alpha Vedic. They actually have their own cryptocurrency called Lino Points that you can use to uh, reward uh, people for engaging. And as we increase this platform, we'll actually reward you guys for coming on. And those who engage the most, will we have like a little treasure chest of Lino Points that we can reward people at the end of the show. I still need to kind of figure that out. Um, even as a crypto nerd, I haven't taken the time to fully delve into that. But as this grows, we'll start rewarding you with crypto for engaging with us um, to, uh, on chats like this. So not only will you get the knowledge, but you can get some crypto. Uh, you can also go, um, we highly recommend using the Brave browser. It's a wonderful uh, browser that's very security focused. And um, get off Google any way you can and Apple, like just leave, leave Safari, leave, leave Chrome. Enough's enough. They have enough power. We, should, we need to start taking our power back. Brave is a great solution that allows you to um, not only have a more um, uh, you know, secure uh, browsing experience, but also it's just faster, it loses, uses less resources, and it also has a cryptocurrency attached to it called Basic Attention Token. And in this way, you can um, actually uh, get rewarded for looking at ads in the Basic Attention Token, which is on the Ethereum blockchain. This is easily trans, uh, translated into Bitcoin or even US dollars or whatever uh, fiat currency you use. So it's actually very practical. Um, and you can go right to alphabetic.com and tip us uh, Basic Attention Token as a way to thank us. Uh, and uh, also, if you don't have the Brave browser, uh, maybe Russ can drop it in the, uh, the chat here and we'll, we have it in our video show notes, but you can, uh, follow our link to get the, the, the browser, the brave browser, and that will actually give us some basic attention token. So if you don't have it yet, please follow our, our link to get it. And thanks again, guys. Um, this will be on YouTube later today as well as a podcast. Uh, go to alphavedic.com for any more information and everybody have a beautiful, wonderful, loving day. Cheers.